You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Welcome to PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host, Thomas Schwabberg. I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. Uh, we're just back after a very nice company trip to Iceland, this fantastic country where we got to spend some time together from all the different offices around the world and also meet some of our Icelandic customers. So we met Elsa from Össur that also has been uh, with us in an episode of PIM Talk previously and Linda from Festi as well. So it was great meeting you guys there. So in this episode, we are going to talk to Carrie Doubt from Perficient. And she has a lot of interesting experiences to share. So let's get right into the PIM talk. Today, I'm very excited to have Carrie Doubt uh, as guest at PIM talk. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Could you start just telling me a little bit about um, who you are? And uh, I know that you now work for Proficient, but give give us the whole story and, um, and and then you can tell us a little bit about your current employer as well. Absolutely. Um, I started my career in distribution and um, I have about two decades of experience in distribution, manufacturing in a variety of roles, sales, sales marketing, product marketing, product management, and really went through in one of my companies the, the digital transformation and really recognized that while I was able to identify the what was going on, I really didn't have the background and experience to figure out like what to do about it. And that really started me thinking about what's next, what I should be thinking about and looking for. And that really drove me to a e-commerce company that specialized in B2B e-commerce. And I spent about four years there. And it was really interesting because I was able to work with companies just like the companies that I had come from and to be able to identify with them and relate to them. And that really gave me the, you know, that really two-sided coin of what was going on in the marketplace and not only what was happening, but how companies could solve for those challenges. And 
that really led me to um, making a switch recently to going into Proficient Digital as an e-commerce consultant. So working with manufacturers and distributors on the challenges that they face every day relative to the changing customer expectations and the challenges that their businesses face, and not only what they're going through, but how I can help them and guide them in making decisions that really help their businesses be sustainable in the future. Okay, great. Then, then you have been on the customer side in different roles, um, being a part of digital transformation. You've been on the software side and getting more uh, into the digital domains uh, and now looking at the bigger picture, uh, helping companies uh, adopt um, yeah, all opportunities that are when you transform your company digital. But could you... Could you go and, and tell us a little bit more about Perficient? I mean, you're one of our platinum partners in North America. Yeah, absolutely. Proficient is is really an interesting company because we we really started in that agency space, but really rapidly grew into that not only the agency but the technology. So we have knowledge in a variety of technologies that really support this concept of digital transformation, um, including commerce and, you know, product information management and order management solutions and all of these different technologies. But we really approach it um, in, a in a technology agnostic approach and we really focus on what's right for the business, what's right for your organization, and then really focus on helping align those technologies to the, the problems that companies are facing. So it's really a unique approach, I think, that a lot of agencies, and because we have this deep roots in technology, we just bring a lot of value other than just the digital marketing side and that digital experience side. So really a unique company, large company, um, and um, really like I said, have the skills and knowledge across multiple organizations, multiple industries, and multiple technologies. So it's kind of the kind of a perfect mix of um, of capabilities. All right, sounds exciting. It is exciting. Uh, also, I just want to mention uh, at your previous employer insight, uh, you you actually um, did some podcasting, right? Yeah, I did. We did um, several podcast channels and did a lot of videos and a lot of webinars. So I was often presenting um, some type of technology or talking about business problems and solutions and how companies could solve them. So I, I enjoy doing that and sharing my experience and knowledge. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're going to do uh, today. So we're going to talk about uh, business challenges when implementing technology and uh, as we talked about you have seen this from from different angles so over the last decades uh, companies in all kinds of businesses they have built up their technology stacks to to help them in their business processes but uh, i mean as time goes the, the needs differ and then maybe you you don't really have a place to put the new functionality that you need to have. So you start building in different uh, solutions just to solve what you need to have done today. So how does it look when you go out to a company and w how come we have ended up that we are where we are today? Yeah, it's a great question. So it's interesting when you, you know, there's a lot of companies are at really what, what I refer to as different levels of digital maturity. And while it's not really specific to the size of the organization. 
it it's really really falls on their maturity. And a lot of companies don't have the 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 money to really invest in every technology stack out there. So they feel like they're stuck or they can't do things. And the reality is, is that what we really like to talk about is, you know, what business problems are you trying to solve? What challenges do you have? What technologies do you currently have in place? And then what data are you really trying to solve for? And there, there are, there there's multiple ways that organizations um, can go about this without just saying, I have to buy a CRM and, a, and, a, and an e-commerce solution and a PIM and um, an OMS and a pricing optimizer and all of these different tools. And the reality is you may get there where that you would need to get to those best in breeds, but there are solutions that can, can kind of get you to a certain point. And then you plug in those better technologies or the best in breed technologies when they make sense and when they really align with your roadmap and your strategy and where you're going because this is a big investment and this is not it's not just the the cost investment it's the resource investment it's the organizational commitment and investment so all of those pieces really play a key role in companies really going um starting off on this kind of digital transformation journey yeah so i guess one system that is almost always in the center of things um, is the ERP. That is correct. And uh, in what ways, I mean, does ERPs grow over time, would you say, uh, if you have had one that has been with you uh, for a long time? Yeah, so one of the things... Um most companies have an ERP, right? And it's in, it's really intended to be your financial system, your ordering system. Let's face it, nobody, when they set up their ERP in the, in the beginning really thought that their data would ever be public facing, that their customers would actually have access to that product information. So our part numbers are not searchable, user-friendly part numbers. Our descriptions are often not descriptions, they're part numbers. They mean something to the manufacturer or they mean something to the distributor, but they don't necessarily mean anything to the prospect or to the customer unless they've dealt, done business with you long enough that they, we've, we've basically forced that vernacular down their throat. Yeah. So when companies really start looking at their digital transformation, their ERP is often considered their source of truth for a lot of information. And there is information that needs to be in the ERP. The question is, 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 is the ERP the right place for all of this information? Or are there other tools that you really should be using as the source of truth for this product information, for your customer information, whatever that is? Because it's really important to really look at that. So while your ERP is Maybe the place you get started um, with that source of data, the reality is, is does it main, does it continue to stay as that data source? And, and should it really be that data source for all of these different needs and requirements for your organization? Yeah, and I guess in the in the beginning, you you needed to have data in order to send your invoices and in order to to manage your production and and um, yeah, all the order management and everything. So so that was the big demand for for product data. 
but but now we have such a big demand from from customers and, and different partners that wants data in all kinds of way and much richer data as well not just the the sh- short descriptions in the ERP they they want I mean images videos uh, all kinds of different documents and so so I guess that changes a lot and that changes also who within the organization are requesting that data right and that's the other thing you think about right is even within your organization, people need access to information to, to do their jobs. You're not really going to give your salespeople direct access to your ERP, right? That's not really feasible when they're outside of the business. And is that the location that they should be going to, right? They're interested in knowing what their customers are doing. They're really interested in that data that's going to help them do their jobs better. And that information is partially in the ERP, but as you go digital transformation and you look at e-commerce as an example, now that data is coming from multiple data sources and where do they get that data and how do they know what their customers are doing? How do they know when an order that their customer normally places has been placed or hasn't been placed? How do they get that predictive data and that information that they need to be able to to do their jobs, to be able to stay proactive instead of reactive because we all know that as this continues to evolve and grow the role of the salesperson as an example is going to change dramatically the role of the CSR is going to change dramatically so all of those um, tools that you're looking at you need to think about how they impact not only your internal resources but obviously your customers and that's a big shift. We've always, it's always been about our internal business and it's really hard for manufacturers and distributors, especially, you know, maybe not as much those branded manufacturers. They've been doing this for a long time. They're very knowledgeable about their customers because they've had to be. But when you look at specialty manufacturers who are making chemicals or they're making components that go into other products that are reused, they're never going to reach the consumer directly, right? So they're, they're very much a B2B model and their needs are very different. So understanding how your customers work with your business, how they interact and what data they want and need and the internal people in your organizations is really part of this transformation. And it's a big shift for companies and the way they think because we've all developed processes internal to our organization, most of which have been developed to deal with people issues or people challenges or people processes. And as you look at technology, all those people processes don't necessarily align anymore to the way technology builds. And I see people going down this custom path, like we have to match this process. And and we always challenge people and say, do you need to match the process or do we need to solve a business challenge and then figure out a new way to possibly do that? Because that's the reality of this is This is about setting your business up for the demands of the future, not only today, but tomorrow, you know, 25, 30 years from now. Most manufacturers and distributors run their business the same way they have for the last 50, 75, 100, 100 plus years. My favorite statement is um, our customers are buying differently and we still continue to sell the same. So that's what this is really about. Yeah, and as you say, I mean, we are going to get so much more data when we are interacting digitally with our customers. Before we we relied on maybe what you could um, 
maybe notes or reports or so for from the sales staff or maybe some sales statistics from stores or similar but now we can get very detailed information about how customers are buying how they are interacting with our product information uh, all touch points that we have with the customers is now data that we can get but then it's also to be able to to act on that data to get actionable insights and and also be able to when you get that uh, react and uh, and may- maybe do changes in the way that you sell your products or w- how you create your product information or or even maybe create new products based on on the data that you get absolutely and i think that's really important um what what you mentioned was a really important point is that all of this is really about data. And the reality is, is that for all manufacturers and distributors, it's really about selling their products, right? Selling the right products to the right customers, attracting new customers, you know, growing your revenue, driving organizational efficiencies. All of those things play a significant role in this concept of digital transformation. But the reality is, is that the key and core to this is that product data, that product information. And as customers' expectations change and grow, the demand for more product information is probably one of the fastest growing areas that we see of companies trying to solve that problem for. And so when you're really thinking about this, it's about product data. And so where do you currently have all of your product related data? Some of it's probably in the ERP. Some of it might be in a SharePoint site or a um, in, in some type of a um, mass asset management site. Um, but how do you get and manage that data? How do you manage re- revisions? Because one of the things that we know and having been a product manager is that there's a lot of revisions that happen in documentation, in product, uh, and it's not static. So how do you manage that? And so one of the fastest growing areas is that people are really looking at investing in is really a product information management system because those systems are completely designed to manage product information. In today's world, while we, we everybody's thinking digital, the reality is there's still a lot of print catalogs and print material that occur. And one of the things that you know, product information management PIM gives you is the ability to manage all of those different channels. So maybe you do sell products on Amazon. That's one of your channels. The the PIM allows you to manage which products go to which channels at which price. And that is really a challenging thing to do in spreadsheets or outside of systems. So I think that has a lot to do with why we're seeing such a demand in product information management. Yeah. And I think uh, what you say this with uh, what the product information leaves are in my experience it's a very good way of of starting a discovery session with with your potential customer or customer is is mapping out where all the product information lives uh, who's managing it what it's used for and and probably you you're going to find out that people are managing the same product information many times um, and uh, i think as you also mention here with with print that's pretty much where pim started that you need to solve the solution that you you need to use the information both for digital and for print 
so that was one of the first phases of PIM. But if we look at how the reality looks today, when you need to send information to data pools, when you have marketplaces where you have several of your own sites or or e-commerce sites or or B2B portals and so on, it's 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 so much more, and it affects larger parts of your your company. So so then the single source of truth for product information becomes. Uh, really vital if you also want to launch these other projects that is a part of your digital transformation journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in, in addition to that is the demand for more product content, right? So we're seeing more and more demands for those 360 de- degree views of image of products, like right? be able to spin and look at those products, more demands for more images, a single image is no longer enough. You know, people want those MSDS sheets, they want manuals, they want videos, they want solution videos that show how those products work in different applications. So there's just more and more and more demand for the type of information that's relative to products as well. Yeah, exactly. And and we just released uh, a new report turning browsers into buyers uh, in the in the US and we have done it in Europe before and it's very clearly points out the importance of having um, many images, having videos uh, and so we, in order to meet the customers expectations around uh, products and it hugely impacts the the sales and uh, uh, that you get directly. So I think that's that's a very good investment to do, but it it requires more work and it requires good solutions that can support you in those work processes that you might not have in place today. Absolutely. And I think if you think about your merchandisers or your product managers, depending on your business model, those um, roles are having to manage a lot of information and a lot of products. And they're responsible for selling their products, right, and getting that information out there. So if they have a way to manage that information in, in a single location, that they can constantly be adjusting and adding information, looking at where they're, you know, getting a good view of how those products are being used to be able to work with their e-commerce teams, as an example, to be able to promote certain products, um, you know, by brands. Sometimes there's loyalty to brands, sometimes there's not. To be able to really manage those attributes, those fields, those short descriptions, all of that is just so critical to the success. And as salespeople's roles change, they're not going to be having as much face-to-face times to introduce new products. So having that really robust product information just really makes everybody's jobs easier and helps you sell. And so many companies that I've worked with, it's not uncommon to have a different part number for the same product for different channels or for different customers, right? There's customer-specific part numbers. How do you manage all of that information? And it's getting more and more demanding, not less and less demanding. You're listening to PIM Talk, the product marketing podcast. And after this short break, we're getting back with Carrie and continue talking about business challenges when implementing technology. PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. 
Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. What would you say, I mean, if you as a company feel that, okay, we are lagging behind, we are sitting with old systems, we are facing new challenges, we need to launch new channels, people want more data from us or so, where where should you start? What what is a good starting point uh, if you want to do something? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it really depends on your business, right? It's yeah. a lot of companies start with that concept of self-serve, right? We we really want to allow our existing customer base to self-serve. And this is what I was talking about, kind of that maturity model. That's a this real common place to start. We want to sell more products to our existing customers. So they kind of go down that concept of a portal. All of our customers have to have terms already. They have to be able to, they already have to be set up. They have to be onboarded with our business. So in that situation, it's really creating that portal. And then, so what we see most people doing is really looking at um, that product information management piece and that commerce piece, right? So you can create a portal and that you can support them with that product information. What, what we see happen, though, is a lot of times people go, nobody's data is perfect. It's just the reality is. And so a lot of companies and, and people that we work with get really hung up on that we have to solve for the quality of our data first. And the reality is, is that in today's fast moving market, you shouldn't wait you need to figure out a way for your organization to get moving because it's happening at the speed of business and that speed of customers' expectations, which are rapidly changing. So what we really encourage people to do is what everybody sells certain products more than they sell other products, right? They have their top performers. They're that the 80-20 rule, 80% of our business is 20% of our products. So start focusing on those most important products and get them cleaned up. Do the best you can. You don't maybe you don't have images of everything. You do the best you can and you get started and you start moving. But then your goal is is that you continuously update and update, add new products, update the products you have, add more images, add more, you know, 360s, maybe something you do a year from now. So what we really encourage people to do is to really sit down, you know, maybe with a commerce consultant or with a consultant to have them help you lay out that roadmap to really help you identify where the biggest opportunities are and where you're going to get the biggest gains. Yeah, Because it can, you know, this is not something that happens overnight and it's not an inexpensive investment. This is investing in technology that's in your future. So we really encourage people to really sit down, identify what their needs are, what their customers' expectations are, you know, getting those customer, that customer viewpoint, getting surveys done that with a third party is best where you can interview your, they can interview your customers to really find out where your best opportunities for improvement are, to understand your customers' journeys and where the intersections are going to happen with your organization and where the good experiences are and where the not so good experiences are. And that helps you identify the best places for you to start investing. You want to start satisfying those customers as quickly as you can. And what does that look like? The other thing we're seeing is, is that rather than companies saying, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do everything in 18 months, I'm 
going to just focus on this really big bang launch. What we're seeing more and more of is that companies are splitting that into a phase one, phase two, phase three. And they're really focusing on solving those big business challenges, getting their foundational pieces in, and then iterating over time to be able to really get to where they need to, do, to go. There's a lot of solutions out there that can be good enough for a lot of different areas. And then there's those best in breed. So where is a good enough, good enough for you to get started and start on your journey and be a good investment. But keep in mind when you're looking at those good enough solutions, do they give you a path to move into those best in breed solutions? Maybe you start with built-in technology, but do they allow for APIs to in to integrate with these best in breeds. So without having to redo everything you've done, you're able to migrate to these best in breeds. So it's really important to, to really understand what your journey looks like and what the path to success looks like for your organization. Yeah, and I think you, you mentioned data. And I, I think sometimes when you start looking at the data and you find the faults or the things that are missing is that you... You get a little bit scared and you start looking inward and say, oh, how do we get all our data in order? And, and, and you, you see all the other things that needs to be done internally with your data. Right. And, uh, and that is a, often a huge master data project that needs to be done maybe eventually and it's then you might lose track of the the gains that if you look from the customer experience and what's as you mentioned also what's the most important thing for the customer that might be a subset of the data or a subset of the products that they really need better information around from you so focusing on that uh, and not get stuck with with all your internal issues as well because you don't always have time for that because you need to move fast uh, with the competition and with what's happening in the marketplace. It's very true what you said, right? It's not this or this, it's this and this. And it's really important to understand what the this and this is. And it it's important to get started, right? Because I can tell you that in 30 days from now, 60 days from now, 90 days from now, a year, you're going to be in the same position if you don't get started. And you can't keep putting it off, right? It's really important um, that companies, you know, we, we want to see um, our companies have success in manufacturing and distribution. And in order to do that, we, you know, solving for these business challenges, whatever they are, um, it's critical. And you may never sell to a consumer. So your model, but that doesn't need me. That doesn't mean you don't need good product information that you don't need a commerce portal, all of those different things, because maybe you're selling to your channel, they're still your customer. And ultimately, the customers that they're dealing with are relying on you as a manufacturer, possibly for that product information. So and if they, if they can't get it from you, I can tell you right now, people are not as loyal as they used to be, and they will go elsewhere. They will go to a company that is going to give them the information they need in their terms, not on your terms. So it's really important to really identify where you can get started and how you can get started um, as, as quickly as possible. Yeah. So, so I have uh, one last question here, and, and it's more about change management because, I mean, if you want to to uh, drive a product like this or you, you want to 
to do something, for instance, uh, about you know uh, managing your product information in a better way and equipping you to get your content out in, in more channels and so on. How do you sell this to your organization? How do you win people over f- for this project that you are you really want to do? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I have really experienced over the last, I don't know how many years, is that in order for this to really be successful, you have to have executive sponsorship and executive leadership. In a lot of companies, depending on the size of the organization, it starts with you know the CEO, the C-suite. They have to be behind this because in all honesty, it is going to change your organization and it's about change. Because if you continue to sell the way you're, you've always been selling and your buyers are buying different, if you don't change, you're going to make your business irrelevant over time and nobody wants that. So it's really important that you have that sponsorship because you're going to need it. Because people are going to be concerned about their jobs, right? Because when you start really doing this exercise, there are jobs that are not necessarily going to go away, but they're going to change and they need to change. And you often run into a lot of resistance. As I mentioned, your business processes are most likely not up to date and aligned with the way you're looking at running your business in the future. So it's really about thinking about your go-to-market strategy. It's getting that executive sponsorship. It's really getting a team together because this is really across departments with your organization. This is about breaking down those silos and making your organization work much more fluidly between the different departments and organizations. Because in all honesty, everybody is going to be in this together within your organization. And that's what really drives success. So we really go through exercises. A lot of times getting started is having a customer experience um, project go on where somebody comes in and interviews your customers, right? They talk to your customers. They talk about the systems, how you interact with them and how they want to interact with you and perhaps how they interact with your competitors and why they go to your competitors more now than you. And it's it's a pretty enlightening experience. And what I find is that really getting the voice of the customer and the customer experience side and understanding what your customers have to say about you in a lot of times really starts driving that discussion because most companies will start their journey on digital transformation from the inside out. And you just can't do that because this is really about satisfying that customer. Um, I I have had companies that start this process because they're seeing attrition, they're losing customers, or they're seeing their revenues decrease, or their organization is just so inundated with, you know, phone calls and, and, and I call it transactional intensity that they don't know what to do. So the reason you get started is really kind of independent to your organization, but you really should start this with that leader, executive leadership um, backing and the voice of your customer and really understanding what their wants and needs are. Well, I mean, the the customer is probably the best influencer that that you can get when it comes to really showing the importance of of getting something done in these areas. Absolutely. And Ultimately, that's who you're trying to satisfy, right? They're the ones who buy your products and you're trying to sell products. Absolutely. So how do you gain loyalty in a less loyal society, right? There's less loyalty to products and brands than there ever has been. So how do you manage that? Well, it's not that there's less brand loyalty. They're just much more willing, you know, the, the, the new generations are much 
more willing to change if they're not satisfied. And that's being driven by that expectations are getting from the Amazons of the world, right? So while there's a lot of things you can do to compete against the Amazons of the world, the reality is, is that they're driving expectations, even in B2B. It may be a different buying model. There's more people involved in the buying process in B2B. But the reality is, is your personal expectations are still driving your business expectations. And that's where that's all being driven from. All right. So thank you so much, Kerry, for being on the show. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I hope that I'll see you at Pinpoint Americas this fall. So what's happening at InRiver right now and where can you meet us? Of course, you can visit our offices uh, around in the world, uh, in, in Malmö, in Amsterdam, in Chicago and some other places. But we are also present in a number of events. So right now we are at uh, Magento Imagine in Las Vegas. And uh, that's now Monday through Wednesday. So if you are there, please find us. Uh, but in a week's time, Uh, at the world's most dangerous meeting in Gothenburg, Sweden. I'm going to be there and hosting some live PIM talks. So uh, that's also uh, a good opportunity to meet. We have some webinars coming up with Microsoft. Uh, Why make the move to the cloud on May 22nd and 23rd. Uh, We will also, of course, be at the IRCE, the largest internet retailing event in the world in Chicago. June 25th through 28th. That is. The InRiver Academy is uh, having a lot of trainings as usual. So we have upcoming sessions, a business consultant and developer trainings in Amsterdam on May 22nd, 23rd. And in Chicago, June 12th and 13th. Uh, can also say that there is a free implementation preparatory course that you can do online so you can head to partner.inriver.academy and you can find that course there and do it uh, yourself online we also have ipmc user training for customers so that will be on may 16th through 17th in chicago And in Chicago, there will also be after the summer, August 14th, 15th, and November 13th, 14th. We will have in Amsterdam on October 24th, in Düsseldorf on October 9th, and in Malmö on June 12th and November 13th. So that's the dates regarding the Academy. Thank you for listening. For feedback, tips, and questions, you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at Twitter. Please, if you like the show, go into iTunes and give us a good review. And if you would like to see some behind-the-scenes material, bloopers, and live streams, you can follow Pimtalk on Instagram. See you again in two weeks. Bye. Let's talk about him.